Our scripture reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. John, the 20th chapter, 19 to 23 are the verses. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. May be seated. When I was a young pastor, I had a very awkward moment one day. I had gone to visit a delinquent member who just hadn't been coming to church very much, and uh, she was a woman in her 40s. Her husband was not a member of the church, and so as I sat in their living room to speak with her about coming to church, her husband, who was pretty, pretty outspoken about his unbelief, sat there reading the newspaper. And so as I was trying to encourage her to come back and hear God's word and take the sacrament and things, he all of a sudden put the newspaper down and he said, you know what your problem is? The church is so out of touch. The church is so out of touch. He said, tell me how to save money on my taxes or tell me how to get enough money to send my, my uh, kid to college. And then you'd, be, then you'd be doing something worthwhile. It was a little awkward. So I said to him, and if you were to die tonight, how would that help you? And he said, ah, oh, the church is so out of touch. Sometimes people go to the emergency ward with a cut on their hand, let's say, and they think that their biggest problem is that they need to get stitches. And while they're there, they do some tests on them and they discover that there's something in their blood system and that there's a much, much, much greater problem that they have that they weren't even aware of that really needs addressing. When uh, Jesus came to the room that night with the disciples, I'm sure if you had been there, let's say, five minutes before that and gone around the room and asked each one of them, what do you think is your biggest concern right now? They probably would have said things like, well, making sure we're safe, making sure that the door is locked. I'd like to see my family. I'm afraid what the crowd is going to do to me when they find out that I'm connected to this Jesus. They may have had a lot of different concerns on their minds and heart. And yet it's interesting, isn't it, when Jesus comes into the room, he addresses their primary concern and it's really the primary concern for all of us, too. We all have things that we think are very important in our lives, and they are, things that we have to take care of and so on. But, but Jesus is really stepping into the room and addressing, first of all, their primary concern. He says to them, peace be with you. Now, we might think, well, that just sounds like a standard greeting, okay? How's it going? Have a nice day. How are you? Peace be with you. But not when it comes from the lips of the Son of God. This is the primary message that they needed to hear 
and really that the world likewise needs to hear. I often wonder if the disciples that night had kind of mixed emotions when Jesus showed up in the room. We know that they were glad to see him, obviously, that he had come back to life from the dead. I'm sure they were just overwhelmed with amazement, if you can imagine that happening to you. Somebody you knew had died. But in addition to that, I'm sure that they, their minds also started to think back to the previous three days or so and how they had deserted him, how in some cases they had openly denied him and wanted nothing to do with him. And now here he stands in front of them, miraculously coming through into the room without going through the door and appears physically before them as the Son of God. There might have been some trepidation and fear, too. What's he going to say to me? I think of Peter and how he had so blatantly denied that he had anything to do with Christ. And here now is that very Jesus standing in front of him, one that he had just denied not long before. Peter's the same one, remember, that when he saw the great catch of fish, came before Jesus and said, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. Sometimes wanting to put distance between us and God is the is maybe the way we think that would be the the best way for us to deal with God because of the things that he knows about us in our lives. But but what are Jesus' first words to these, these shocked disciples? He says, peace be with you. And then this is interesting. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. He showed them his hands and his side. What he's demonstrating to them with his physical body is that the peace that he's talking about, which isn't just peace between everybody, like, how's it going? But the peace he's talking about is between sinful, wicked people like us who should be terrified of God, that we now have peace with this holy God that maybe to us would terrify us. And the very thing that it took to buy that peace is the body of his son. The wounds in his very wrists and feet and side are the the payment for the peace that we now have and his disciples have before the throne of God. Listen to what Paul writes. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile himself to himself all things. And then he says, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So, This holy, righteous God, who now has appeared physically in the flesh in this God-man, Jesus Christ, he now speaks the most important thing that they need to hear, and that any of us need to hear. Peace be with you from the throne of God. In essence, Jesus is saying to them, you are staring at the peace offering that has made everything right for you to be able to go to heaven. It's, it's wonderful, isn't it, to have God himself with his lips talk to you and say, there's nothing to be afraid of about heaven. There's nothing to be afraid about your sins. Our consciences bother us. I know how mine does. I can, I can think of things I did when I was a kid that were just nasty and bad. And as a teenager and things, and when I was your age and throughout my whole life, there's stuff that, that just comes up in my conscience and bothers me and sometimes it's easy for that those sort of thoughts to make us wonder if we'll really actually get to go to heaven on judgment day well the lips of Christ himself comes through his word and through the office of the ministry and says to us 
Your sins are forgiven. Peace be with you. And that's the, that is the message that the world needs to hear more than anything else. It's what we need to hear more than anything else. A number of years ago when I was a parish pastor, I, um, I believe it was uh, possibly over Christmas or Easter, there was a family that had come to visit our church and was there as guests. And uh, along with this older mom and dad was a, a, an adult-aged son who I believe was in his late 20s or 30s. And he was a single man that lived alone. A couple days after he, uh, after they had visited our church, uh, he apparently had died very unexpectedly. And they, they didn't find him for a couple days because he was living alone in his house. His father called me a couple days later. And he said, he told me the story about his son. And then he said, I, I just wanted to thank you for preaching the gospel in your sermon on Sunday. And I said, well, I'm supposed to do that, yeah, you're welcome. And he said, no, I really mean it because that was probably the last sermon my son got to hear before he died. And I'm so grateful that the gospel was there and in that sermon. You know, those of us who've been blessed to know that we have peace with God through Christ, we can kind of take it for granted sometimes. And maybe sometimes, I know how I can be, maybe not think of it as important as it really is. But, but our Lord reminds us here that this is the greatest issue in our life, that because of him we have peace with God. And Jesus says to his believers, to his church, blessed are the peacemakers, those who carry this wonderful truth out into the world, like you're right here today confessing this. And any time that we support the work of the Office of the Keys, the public ministry, where the forgiveness of sins is brought out to the world and, and even applied at times to people who, who need to know that they need to repent. When we retain people's sins, as Jesus talks about here, that is the greatest work that takes place in the world. And you may go on to do other wonderful things with your life and your career, and that's great. We need people to tell us how to save money on our taxes, okay? But as believers in Christ, you are peacemakers in this world because you bear and support and carry with you the precious truth of the gospel and the wonderful truth that because of what Jesus has done through his wounds, we have absolute peace with God. So blessed are you as his peacemakers in the world. Amen. Please rise. And we pray. Almighty God, we pray that you would grant unto your church your Holy Spirit and the wisdom that comes down from above, so that your word as becomes it would not be bound, but have free course and be preached to the joy and edifying of Christ's holy people, so that in steadfast faith we may serve you and in the confession of your name abide unto the end. We pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.
The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Go in peace. Amen.